Welcome to the Dermatology Interest Group Association podcast, or DIGA podcast, where we talk about everything from how to become a stellar dermatology applicant to interesting topics in dermatology. From research advice to interviewing tips, you will be prepared to follow the path to become a world-class dermatologist. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I am your host, Nate Marroquin, and on today's episode, we are joined by Dr. Ben Cooper. He recently graduated from medical school and matched into a dermatology residency program at Orange Park Medical Center in Jacksonville, Florida. And on today's episode, he shares what he did through medical school to match into a competitive specialty like dermatology. With that being said, we'll see you on the skin side. All right, everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I am joined today by Dr. Ben Cooper. He is a recent grad from RVU where I'm at, and he just matched in dermatology. So I'm going to have him introduce himself. Hey, everyone. My name is Ben Cooper, and I'm glad to be here today. So thanks for joining us. Like I said, uh, I was just curious on where you're from. What'd you, where'd you do your undergrad and how, how'd you get into medicine? Uh, yeah, for sure. So I'm from Jacksonville, Florida, and I did my undergrad at the University of South Florida in Tampa. Uh, and how I got into medicine is really, um, I come from a family of healthcare professionals. Uh, mom's a nurse. My dad's an, an occupational therapist. My older brother is actually a radiology resident at the Cleveland Clinic. So I've had a lot of inspiration to want to go into medicine from a young age. It's also just the... Uh, um, I, you know, I gravitated towards the sciences when I was in college and I just knew that medicine was where I wanted to be. I think that's awesome. I think when I got out of the military in 2014 now, almost 10 years since I've gotten out of the military, crazy, but I was so used to wearing a uniform and I was so used to getting paid on the first and the 15th. So I was like, I'll go to San Diego sheriffs. And I took the test and everything I passed. I'm like, this is fine. You passed. We just need you to get a semester of schooling and then come back and reapply got into a semester of schooling and I just realized how fascinating I was, was with science as well. You know, I took a biology class and it was intro to bio. It still fascinated me. And then I got into anatomy class and then a dissection class and a, an animal phys. And I was just like, I love the human body and how everything works together. Um, so I'm glad that you found that passion in, in school as well to push you in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. So I was curious on when did you know dermatology is for you and, and what made you choose that? Yeah. So, uh, going into medical, School. I really didn't know what specialty I want to go into. Uh, you know, I just approached it with an open mind and told myself that I would figure out what specifically I wanted to do later. You know, for now, I just need to, uh, you know, master uh, my courses and do as well as I could. Um, and so it wasn't until the beginning of my third year of medical school when I really decided that dermatology was the field that I wanted to go into. Uh, you know, I was past years one and two, all the book work, and I was starting out on clinical rotations. I just had a lot more time to look back and think uh, and like reflect on everything that I've been through in medical school and really decide what would be the right fit for me going forward. And so dermatology is just such a versatile field that I found it to be the one that aligned most closely with everything I wanted to do, both as far as uh, in my professional career and uh, in my personal life. You know, I know I wanted to go into a specialty that uh, gave me the ability to have continuity of care with patients. That was something that was always important to me and that I knew from day one. Uh, I also knew that I wanted to practice in the outpatient setting, and I didn't want to be in a high acuity environment, uh, something like the operating room or in the emergency department. Um, and I also knew that I wanted to uh, be able to uh, spend a lot of time educating patients, and there's a lot of education in dermatology. Um, and so those are just a few of the reasons why I initially was leaning towards dermatology. Uh, and it wasn't until I really got to do, uh, got to experience it that I was um, just even more enthralled by the field. You know, the versatility, like I said, being able to 
uh, manage complex medical diseases, being able to do surgeries, the cosmetics, everything that comes with it. And it's a fast paced environment, which I like. Um, you know, providers are often seeing upwards of 30 to 40 patients a day. Um, and so those are just a few of my reasons. Uh, another big one is that I found it to be a very uh, fulfilling experience when it comes to talking to the patients. You know, uh, a lot of patients who come to dermatolo dermatologists, um, it's because there's something that is wrong with them. You know, there's something tangible on their body that they can feel, they can see, and it's worrisome to them. And so, uh, you know, they come to the, to the dermatologist and they are actively listening and they want to get better. I feel like they're more likely to listen to my advice. And in that sense, I would have a more fulfilling career uh, as opposed to I didn't want to spend my time educating patients on silent killers, things like uh, blood pressure and blood sugar and cholesterol and sleep apnea, things that we know to be major risk factors for serious diseases. Um, and uh, I just knew that I would have more fulfillment in my career being able to educate patients who actively wanted to, uh, to change and get better. So those are just a few of the reasons why Derm uh, really spoke to me. That last point, I I'd like to kind of piggyback off that because I know a lot of us students are feeling that and seeing that as we progress through third year. Um, you want you want you want compliance, but not in like I'm telling you what to do. You want to work as a team and see them see why you're doing it so they'll follow through with that. So I think that's very, very important. Again, it's kind of like that 99% cure rate if you excise a cancer off the skin compared to like, you know, we're gonna do some other radiation and it might come back, it might not. And that's just kind of like mm -hmm. a fulfilling that I cured that cancer. And I think that a lot of us who are trying to go into dermatology have that same sense for you. And again, it's like you said, is they they can see it. They can they can visually see the stuff on their skin. They can visually see the mm -hmm. acne or the psoriasis or whatever's presenting on their skin. And you know, that's also has a psychological effect on them as well. So they're gonna pay attention to that and listen to your advice and be a part of the team to cure themselves. So I think that's a I think that's something that we all feel. And I think that I'm glad that you said that because it's something that we need to put in our head because there are people that need to take care of diabetes. There's people that need to take care of hypertension. Mm -hmm. And if you have to be happy doing that. So I'm glad that you found your fit. Absolutely. So I was curious on uh, when did you, what time of your third year did you do your dermatology elective? Uh, yeah. So uh, at my school, or I should say at our school, um, <laughs> you know, I was told by my clinical coordinator that I needed to complete all of my core rotations before I could do my first elective rotation. And so for me, that meant my first dermatology elective would uh, be in May. And so that was my first rotation in May after I had made the decision of wanting to go into dermatology. And so uh, that rotation really just reaffirmed my decision and my commitment to wanting to go into dermatology. Was there any, <laughs> was there any fear of you like choosing kind of late and then going into it and being like, what if I don't like this because you had to do it after all your other course? Um, so thankfully I didn't have that fear. Okay. Um, you know, it certainly, it, it was there. Um, yeah. but you know, thankfully I had spent a lot of time looking up the field, uh, researching it, seeing what the, what a day in the life of dermatology is. And I reached out to a lot of mentors. I'm very grateful for the people that I reach out to and who are able to kind of help me navigate the waters of, of finding my way and becoming a competitive applicant for dermatology. Um, and so I got to learn a lot about the field before, um, making that decision. It's, it's definitely a decision that, uh, you know, I thought a long time about before deciding on dermatology, you know, we all know it's this competitive field that a lot of us are nervous to reach for, but, um, you know, I'm happy that I made the decision that I'm here where I am today. And, uh, I'm excited for everyone else coming forward. 
I'm kind of in the same sense. I uh, chose dermatology and I've kind of been tracking towards it. And I'm on, I'm in Minnesota right now doing one of my, my elective, my dermatology elective. But again, I had to do all my courses before. And I kind of had that like, what if just, you know, it's there because what if, right? You can always think about what if and psych yourself out. But kind of in the same sense, I've networked with a lot of people who've graduated from our school and through the podcast, I've been able to get somewhat of mentorship from people. And I've interviewed dermatologists in the area of Denver and just found out that that's where I would be happy with. So I'm 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 glad that I kind of in that same boat as you because our school makes us do that in that sense. Um, mm-hmm. And just saying that, you know, there fears there or that like what if is there, but keep tracking on what you're doing and that we should be set up. And if anyone else is in the shoes, same shoes as we have been, just know that it should be working out if you've put in the effort. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I was curious on uh, what you learn. Were you expected to go into your third year knowing or your third your dermatology elective in your third year knowing anything or did, what did they expect from you? Uh, yeah, no. So um, I rotated with uh, Dr. Enley over in Aurora, Colorado, and she was great. She was very nice and understanding that I wasn't going to know a lot about dermatology, <laughs> but that uh, she provided me with the resources that I needed to pick up on things. You know, the, the, the most that you can do as a medical student uh, whether it's on auditions or on any elective rotation or rotation in general is just showing that you want to learn and that you want to be there. You know, when they give you, uh, when the preceptor gives you a handout, something to read or a textbook, you know, go through it and read it, uh, actively try and participate uh, on the rotation. And so that's something that uh, was a big focus that she told me is that, you know, as long as I'm wanting to learn and that I'm being kind to patients and I appear that I want to be there, you know, then you're doing the right things. And so, um, yeah, it was just, it was all in all a great rotation. I I love my time there with Dr. Anne and with the whole crew over at Advanced Derm. Perfect. Was it, uh, how was it approaching your, your preceptor for a letter? Cause you know, us third years, we're trying to find letters obviously, and it's important Mm -hmm. to get a letter from a dermatologist. So I was curious on your, your experiences on approaching your preceptor for that letter. Yeah, definitely. So um, I knew before the rotation that I wanted to get a letter of recommendation from uh, this preceptor. Uh, In fact, um, so at our school, we're allowed two uh, elective rotations. And um, that's essentially, for me, how that worked out is for the month of May and then for the month of June. Well, I realized that I wanted to have the month of June as a study month for step two. And so that left me with one elective during the month of May. And so I decided to split up my dermatology uh, rotations uh, into two two-week rotations. Uh, and so I had the first half of May with one dermatologist and the second half of May with another. And uh, my goal was to uh, try as hard as I could and to uh, get a letter of recommendation from both of those dermatologists so that going into uh, you know application season, I had two letters of recommendation from dermatologists. And so... Um, that's essentially what I did. And so I knew that I had a two week rotation with um, Dr. Anne Lee. And so, um, you know, she gave me my schedule and I saw that I was rotating with her, but also with some other physicians in the practice. And so because she was my main preceptor, she's who I wanted to get a letter of rec from. And so I saw that I was only rotating with her for, I think it was only two or three days um, during this two week rotation. And so I had reached out to her by email and, and was telling her that, you know, if it's possible to spend some more time with her and that I was wanting, I think this was actually in person, that you know, I was wanting to get a letter of recommendation out of this rotation. So I wanted to be able to, you know, show my face and give her a good impression of myself so that she'd be comfortable writing me a letter. Um, but she told me that, you know, it's it's no problem. It's not going to affect, you know, she'd be happy to write me a letter. Um, 
you know, they, they all talk with each other, you know, just because yeah. I'm not yeah. with her, she's going to communicate with her colleagues to see how I did. And so uh, it was really, um, you know, informal, uh, a casual thing, uh, asking for a letter and her, you know, agreeing to it. You know, ultimately, I think most preceptors, they, they sign up to be preceptors because they want to help students. And so they want to write you a letter. As long as they see that you approach them and you ask them for it, you know, competently, then I think that, you know, you'll be, you'll be good as far as getting a letter from a preceptor. So who was your second two weeks with? <clears throat> Yeah, so my second two weeks was spent with Dr. Jensen down at Castle Rock, and uh, that was also a great rotation. Uh, that was only minutes from my home, so that worked out really well. That's awesome. I'm kind of doing the same thing, and I don't know if a lot of other schools allow this, but if you are able to and you can't, if you're worried about scrambling for letters, you might be able to think, take this into consideration and splitting your elective month into two mm-hmm. and doing two two weeks. That might be beneficial for all of you to get your letters, so I'm glad that Ben put that out here on on the podcast. Just in case you never know that you, you ask and they say no, at least you tried. So it doesn't hurt to yeah. ask your, your school and see if that's a possibility. Absolutely. Definitely. Thanks for sharing that. So I want to jump back to years one and two. We kind of jumped to your years three because we kind of segued into that. But I was curious on what you did during years one and two you that you think made you successful in matching. Uh, yeah, definitely. So uh, years one and two um, were just filled with studying, honestly. Um, You know, I I approached medical school with the idea that I wanted to do as well as I could. Uh, I tried my hardest during every lecture. Um, You know, I I would listen and re-listen to lectures, and I would tell myself that I want to understand the material as well as the professor who was giving the lecture. And I kind of approached every single lecture that way. And so I was, I I made a lot of sacrifices during years one and two, uh, spending a lot of my time studying and um, not going out and having as much fun during the weekends as I would have liked to. But uh, you know, being in medical school in Colorado, I certainly got to experience a lot of uh, fun times going out in nature and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think what made me successful is just how hard that I studied. Um, you know, I, it definitely paid off when it came to um, after year, after my second year, when I'm studying for or when we're all studying for the step one and the complex one, um, all of that. Uh, knowledge that you acquired during years one and two is put to the test on that on that exam. And so it was it was a difficult exam, but I definitely think that I was in a good good place to do well on it because of the hard work that I put in. Um, and so I think that was kind of you know what made me uh, a competitive applicant. You know, I like to think that you know going into Durham, I was you know among the more competitive applicants, and I certainly think that um, you know, because of my academic history and how I well how well I did during years one and two and how that you know showed on the boards uh, really played to my advantage. I think that's awesome. I think again, it's you're finding what makes you your gives you your strength, right? Yeah. Um, we've had people on here that had decent scores or amazing scores or had a lot of research or had a lot of volunteering, and I think if you have something that you can like have a ground base on and talk about and show how like you're going to be successful. You showed that you studied really hard. You did really well on your boards that I'm going to carry that over into my residency training to mm-hmm. do well with my patients and do well with my patient care and then my boards in residency. I think, again, I'm not there yet, but I think if you have something you can put a foundation on and talk about who you are as, a, as, a, as an individual and how your character is built, like again, you studied hard, that shows work ethic and dedication. I think talking about that is important. I think showing who you are as an individual is going to come out with the things that you, like you said, like with that studying and that those boards. So I think, I think that's very beneficial that you said that. Yeah, definitely. 
curious on um what what study materials did you use do you think to help you make make you stand out on the boards uh yeah so i did um you know first aid for step one i uh, was definitely like the holy grail book mm -hmm. um for me and then U world was my main question bank uh but i did a lot of resources i i did you know first aid uh one i read that you know several times uh U world i did majority of the U world questions for step one um which there was like over 3500 questions i think i did all of the nbme practice tests i did both of the U world self-assessments one and two um and so those questions the questions from U World and then the NBMEs, all of that alone, I think I had done over over six or seven thousand practice questions uh, before the exam. Mm -hmm. And then um, other resources I used um, was uh, Goyon's lectures. Mm -hmm. uh, there's like a free Spotify for Goyon lectures. That was just easy listening while I was in the car or at the gym or holding laundry or whatever you know yeah um definitely went my hardest for step one complex one uh and did not go as hard for for the second round but uh they still went well so those okay. were my main main resources oh and okay. of course pathoma pathology boards and beyond for biochemistry was great okay yeah so everyone you're aware that those resources are can be utilized and they can be very beneficial if you put put it to work. So I'm glad that he put those out there for everyone to hear. Curious on how many interviews you got. Yeah, uh, so I ended up with 11 interviews total. And was that, did you audition at 11? Uh, no, I ended up auditioning at, it was around eight or nine. That's what that number came out to. Um, but a lot of them, one of them was a virtual rotation. And I think at least five of the other rotations were all one week rotations, uh, which is nice because it, you know, it gets you to be able to uh, see as many programs as possible. Uh, and, you know, when I was looking for audition rotations, I wanted to get as many as I could um, because the more places that I can see and show my face, uh, the more likely I felt that I would be to get called back for an interview. And um, that's in, in a lot of sense, the, the purpose of these audition rotations for them to see, you know, if you're a good fit for their program and if they want to call you for an invitation to interview, but it's also a great chance for you to be able to see, you know, if you would be a good fit for the program, um, because a lot of the interviews are, uh, are virtual. And so uh, if you didn't get a chance to see that program in person, there's only so much that you can learn about them, uh, through an interview. Um, but really a lot of them, you know, do give a presentation beforehand, a big overview of the program and even a video of going through what the offices is like or what the hospitals are like. Um, but yeah. Okay. So did you, did you rotate at the program? We didn't even actually say where you're at. How about you yeah. say where you're, where you're at for residency? Yeah, starting? so absolutely. So I matched into uh, Orange Park Medical Center. Uh, that was my top choice program. So I'm very thankful and very grateful that I got to match into this program. Uh, you know, in a lot of ways, it felt like my home program, even though I am, I went to medical school at Rocky Vista all the way out in Colorado. Um, and there's no home dermatology program for that medical school. No, I'm from Jacksonville, Florida. And, um, you know, so in a lot of ways, it just, it felt like my home program. My, my brother, like I said, is, is over at the Cleveland Clinic doing radiology, but he did his transitional year at Orange Park. And so, you know, when I was interviewing there, uh, I got to meet a lot of the preceptors who, you know, by association, I kind of knew them, you know, and I just had a great experience during my audition rotation there. I meshed really well with all of the faculty and the residents and 
I just felt like this was a place that, you know, I fit in the best and where I wanted to be. So, you know, and, oh, I was going to say, and one other thing is, uh, you know, being from Jacksonville, you know, my, my wife's family, uh, most of our immediate family live in the area. And so that was also a big push. You know, we really like Jacksonville and having all this family around was, was certainly a big push as well. So you might've said this and I might've missed it, but you auditioned at this program, correct? I did. Okay. And then that's why you said it felt like home and you matched really well. So, okay. So you, so that carried over into getting an interview, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. And I was curious on, you said you had about 11 interviews. Were there any crazy questions that you can remember that any programs may have asked you? Um, thankfully, there were no crazy questions. Um, no, I can't. There was there were some some weird ones, you know, some crazy ones. But uh, you know, you sign a waiver that you're not allowed to disclose uh, what okay. was said during the interview, so I can't share any of those. But you know, for the most part, your interviews that you get are going to have a faculty interview and then a resident interview. And you know, the resident interviews will tend to be more relaxed and laid back. You know, they're going, they were just in your shoes a year to a few years ago, and so you know they're you know you know excited to see you and just get to know you and so you might get some what's your favorite color or what would you plan for us if you came here you know really nice just um those style of questions okay so that's pretty cool and you said most you did you do any in-person interviews or were they all virtual uh i had one in-person interview mm-hmm. okay. yeah and so that kind of saved you some cash that way um yeah i guess after the interviews you get ready and you start to rank your your programs for the match mm-hmm. i was curious on what made you, what factors went into deciding the top five places you matched? And you don't have to list them. Obviously, you matched at your number one, but mm-hmm. I was curious on the factors. And you kind of already said, like, you've, you've lived in Florida, or you lived in Jacksonville, but I was curious if there were any other factors that played into your top five. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, so I wanted to be at the program that I felt to be, you know, a very strong program. You know, they offered a well-rounded, uh, you know, education. That's something that you know, you could tell from my application who I am during years one and two. I, I studied a lot. I like to study. I like the to just, just have as much knowledge of medicine as I can. And so I knew that I wanted to be at a program that emphasized a strong didactic curriculum, and that really wanted to you know push their residents to perform well. And so um, that's kind of what was a was the biggest factor in my decision uh, is how strong I felt the program was as far as you know training the residents to. Uh, to do well and, you know, go to conferences and, uh, you know, showcase their knowledge through research and through uh, other scholarly works presentations. And so um, I like that at now at Orange Park, they have a strong didactic curriculum. You know, they meet every day or excuse me, uh, every Friday in person. Uh, and it's not for only two or three hours. It's it's, it's for longer. You know, it's it tends to be close to an all day thing. And so that's something that I liked, um, the amount of time that goes into didactics at, at that program. And you'll see, you'll find that as you go through uh, seeing the rotations or seeing the different programs on your rotation, that there are some programs that do their didactics in person and some that do it virtually. And I like being in person, being able to look into your peers' eyes and learn from them and be able to teach them. I just find that it's, it's more of a meaningful way for me to learn and how I the environment that I wanted to be in. That was a big part of it, um, but that was uh, that was probably one of the biggest factors. Just you know how much I I thought the program would prepare me to do well in the future. Um, you know, it's a benefit for programs that have um, you know fellowships attached to them, whether it's Mo's or Path or Pediatrics. But uh, Orange Park doesn't have a fellowship at the moment, um, 
it may get some in the future. Um, but that's some that was something that uh, wasn't as important to me since you know as of now uh, I don't have a burning desire to become a mode surgeon or to uh, be a become a dermatopathologist. Um, and so uh, for me, I knew that I wanted to base my decision uh, off of really um, you know where I would get the best training to be a general dermatologist. Um, yeah, I and think the location that. Was a good part. Yeah. Yeah. So that's obviously that's important because your family and your, your, your wife, your fiance, I'm sorry, your wife, right? Not my wife. Yeah. Your wife's family out there is, is as well. But I think what you said, like to finish off was how are they going to train you just to be a dermatologist, right? Mm-hmm. Are they going to put you, are you going to be ready to hit the ground running as soon as you graduate? And I think that you found that at your program. And I think us as students who are trying to match into dermatology, we want that. You know, if you want to be an academic dermatologist, that's totally fine. Make sure you find that place there. Basically, what you're saying is find that place is where you're going to, they're going to prepare you to be whatever you want to be in the future. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that you found that. And again, with the didactics in person, again, we're kind of the COVID era classes mm-hmm. and 23, 24, you, you want to be around your peers. And again, being in residency is going to be hard. So having those peers and having those days where you can interact with your friends and probably laugh and let loose with your, your, your co-residents is probably something that you'll enjoy every Friday as well. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So curious, you know, some final advice for students who are trying to match Durham next year that you can give us? Uh, yeah, for sure. So um, definitely you're you're in a good place right now being in third year and it's the beginning of April. So you still have uh, at least a good, what, maybe four or five months until your application is going to be due. I think it's in September when it's due. And so, you know, keep pushing, you know, get those final publications or get that final uh, you know, actually little things that, that you'd like to do to make your application as, as competitive as you can uh, to put you in the best position possible for matching. Uh, but also, um, you know, your, your class is going to be the first class that uh, is not going to have a numerical score for the step one and complex one. And we all know the, the importance of that exam and how much weight that we know it holds. And so uh, since programs are no longer going to be able to look at that value to decide, um, there's a lot of speculation, and I think legitimate speculation, that uh, the step two is going to be the next exam that they kind of look at to kind of, um, you know, go off of. And so I would say, you know, study as hard as you can for that exam. You know, don't feel like you have to, uh, you know, burn yourself out or, or go too crazy with it. You know, you don't you know what I'm saying, but uh, definitely, um, I think that exam will, be, will hold more importance. And so, um, you know, you're, you have plenty of time now. It's still beginning of April. I think most people take it, you know, in, in May or June timeframe. And so uh, you, you got time, but definitely give it, give it your best shot and um, keep pushing. <laughs> I think like talking, piggybacking off of the step two, I think I was given advice through this podcast once that, you know, everyone had the fear of step one. Right. But that's gone. That's past. Yeah. So you're just moving that fear to another test just in case. So if you're studying and doing the work, there's really no fear because it's just one other test that's just going to determine it. Like, oh, yeah. step, you know, step one is not now. It's just like you said, they're most likely going to look at step two. So yeah. what were they doing before? Just looking at step one. So don't psych yourself out and trick yourself up. It's just another number that you just have to do really well on and just mm-hmm. or do your best you can and just put in the work. So I, I, I'm glad that you put that on there. And just I wanted to make sure that everyone realized it's easy to psych yourself up. Because step yeah. one's pass fail now, level one's pass fail now, but it's still a number that they're going to look at. It's just name something different. That's all. Absolutely, absolutely. And and my final piece would say is is uh, you know be confident in yourself. Don't psych yourself out. 
you know, I, I went into dermatology late, you know, at the beginning of my third year, I, I considered that to be late. You know, I knew plenty of other people who have known they always want to go into dermatology. But, you know, for me, I, I viewed it as this very competitive field. and I didn't know if I'd be competitive enough for it. Um, but, you know, be confident. Don't psych yourself out. Try not to compare yourself to others and everything. Work together and help help out your uh, your colleagues. And I think that, you know, that'll bode well for you in the future, you know. Great advice. So I appreciate your time and I want to thank you for being on. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me and good luck, everyone. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Diga podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Please send us any questions or comments to dermintrustpod at gmail.com. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. 